What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Wilbon. It's National Electricity Day, Tony. How are you celebrating that? I'm Tony Kornheiser. By lighting up the screen, my friend. By lighting up the screen. Wow, we're starting with a big streak of modesty today, are we? Yeah. Wow, okay. I hear you. That's my job, right? That's my job, to light up the screen. That's what I do. That's what you do. Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. In today's episode, Jason Tatum struggles, Miles Michaelis, near no-hitter, and Mark Messier joins us for five good minutes. But we begin today with the U.S. Open, which starts tomorrow at the Country Club in Brookline, Massachusetts, an old traditional golf course. With Tiger Woods out and the battle between the PGA Tour and the Saudi Tour in full effect, Wilbon, what do you expect from this tournament? Tony, a lot of different things, which are unrelated, largely. I expect guys, the best players in the world, to contest the United States Open. I expect them to, at some point, maybe not on the first tee, but very soon after that, be obsessed with winning the U.S. Open. First with making the cut, then with winning the U.S. Open. There's how many guys figure they really can do that? I don't know, 50, 75. How many guys do we figure can do that? Maybe 25? But, Tony, I also expect some heckling. You know, five to ten dudes, and I'm concentrating on male spectators, yes, they can change any golf tournament just by being loud because they want to get on the air because the microphones are right there picking up everything, and they're screaming, mashed potatoes! And they're going to scream worse stuff than that at Phil Mickelson particularly. And Phil's used to being cheered everywhere he goes, and I don't think that's necessarily going to happen. He's going to get cheered. It's going to be a mixed reaction. He won't be the only one. I don't know what will await DJ, who's not a guy people fixate on at golf tournaments, Phil is. So I think we're going to see a lot of different stuff. Will it be contentious between the golfers? I don't think so early on. Maybe it could grow into that by Saturday. But I expect a lot of different things, Tone, some of them very unrelated. Yeah, I'm going to stick to your point about crowd reactions. I was fortunate enough to have Steve Sands of the Golf Channel on my podcast this morning. Oh, good. And I asked him, what does he expect of the people who have joined the Saudi tour from the crowd, from a Boston crowd? And I was talking, obviously, about Phil Mickelson. And Steve said he was out yesterday walking the course and ran into Phil a number of times And he said that the people were giving him a lot of love Mm. because he is a crowd favorite for many, many years, because especially at the Open, where he goes for on every shot and it has cost him, he has never won the Open, a record six times second finish. He also wondered about Dustin Johnson, who does not have the popularity that Phil Mickelson has. I personally don't think the Euros are going to get trashed. I think that they do what they do and American crowds are okay with them, with the exception possibly of Sergio Garcia, who is no longer popular in the United States. I'm curious about how Reed is received, how DeShambo is received. I'm curious also, Mike, if, for example, um, Rory and Justin Thomas, who've been so vocally supportive of the PGA Tour, will get cheered Even in more. ways they hadn't been cheered yeah. before. And I was also interested in this, Mike. I was very interested in the pairings. I, and again, about Phil. Were they going to put Phil with PGA Tour it. guys? No, they put Phil with Shane Lowry and Louis Oosthuizen. Oosthuizen is on, is on the, the Saudi live. Tour. Yeah. 
and Lowry's from Ireland, and he plays a lot of PGA events, but he's not really on yeah. the PGA Tour. And you could justify it, Mike. You could justify it by saying each of them won the British Open, so it's a legitimate pairing. But yeah. they kept Phil away from guys that you'd want to know is there real quick, friction. Real there. quickly about the point with Steve Sands, which is a great observation. Wednesday's sycophants who are going to a practice round, that's not the same dude necessarily that's there on Thursday who, you know, may have been the one golf tournament in his life. So I, I don't know that Wednesday's reception is exactly Thursday's know. reception. We'll be able to watch and see it. You know you and I are going to watch, like geeks, every single right. swing of the club for four days. We just are. Let's move to the NBA Finals. Jason Tatum is first-team All-NBA this season and led the Celtics with 27 in Game 5, but he's been struggling at times during this series. Tatum was just one for five in the fourth quarter of Monday's loss and has turned the ball over 10 times in the last two games, an all-time league record. That's 75 years. 95 turnovers during this postseason. Tone, we usually talk about the Celtics as a team, but how much responsibility is it fair to put on Jason Tatum for Boston's recent struggles? He's their best player. As you said, he's all NBA first team, and this is the biggest stage that we have in the NBA. He got him past Milwaukee. He had some great games there. But I'm going to use some numbers, and I know you don't like numbers, but you're going to have to pay attention to these. Okay. I get it that he's 24 years old. I get it. It's his first final. I understand that. He's averaging 23 a game, which is okay, but not great. Not first team all NBA. He's shooting 36% from the floor, which isn't good. Inside the three-point line, in the two-point arc, he's 19 for 82, which is awful. It is. In the fourth quarters, he's 5 of 21, which is awful. The 10 turnovers in two games is awful, and the all-time record, 95, is even more awful, right? Now, let's compare him with somebody you like a lot, Devin Booker, who last year in his first NBA final was 24 years old. Same. Same deal. Now, they didn't win. Phoenix didn't win. But Devin Booker went out there, averaged 28, and went 40 twice, twice in the finals. Yeah. He seemed to rise, and at the moment, Tatum's numbers seem to indicate he's shrinking. Yeah, Tony, and I think, that, you know, part of what I, I have turned multiple times, last week I did it to Magic Johnson and Jalen Rose, who I obviously work with, and I said, is Jason Tatum that guy? Like, are we really going to try to make him Larry Joe Bird at this point? Because he's not that. And so maybe the expectations are out of control. I don't know the answer. I'm not saying the expectations are too much yet. They may be. But, Tony, one, that, that Golden State defense is pretty damn good. It's not as celebrated as the Celtic defense. And secondly, the celebration of the Celtics, which I have engaged in since January, is about the team. They also have Jalen Brown, who's an all-star level player. They have Marcus Smart, who flirts with all-star caliber player quite a bit. Tony, they have an ensemble and I think that the Celtics have to go out there and win this game. You know how Golden State won the other night when Steph Curry was 0 for 9 from 3? Well, the Celtics better get on that damn train tomorrow or they're going home. If they're waiting on Jason Mike. Tatum to get them 40-tone, not only do I think it's unfair, I think it's not going to happen. If they win two in a row, I think it will be because of Jason Tatum playing very well. Okay. Conversely, if they lose, people will look to blame him. This is the great stage. You have to find out. The playoffs make your reputation. Yep. Let's take two great players with opposite reputations. Are you Michael Jordan? Are you James Harden? Yep. That's what people yep. will ask. Yep, we move will. now 
to the pitch clock, which has been so successful in the minors. An interesting corollary to the pitch clock is that stolen bases are up. This is being attributed to the rule that a pitcher is limited to only two step-offs and or throws over to first per batter. If they do it a third time, the runner is awarded the next base. So good runners are trying to bait pitchers into throwing over, then taking advantage and stealing when the limit is reached. Wilbon, does the increase in stolen bases feel like a clear plus to you or somewhat artificial? It can be both. It's totally artificial. It's phony. It's fake hustle, to steal Mark Jackson's great phrase. Look, Tony, in baseball's understandable desperation to shorten game times and stop them from being college football four-hour games every night, it has undertaken this, which I am all for standing ovation. But as usually, as I say, baseball can't get anything right, really, because now you've introduced a phony way to get to something that we like. You and I like the stolen base. We grew up with the stolen right. base, whether it That's was Rory right. Wills or Lou Brock, and then it evolved to Ricky Henderson and Vince Coleman. You, we, you and I love the strategy of that, the daring of that. But tone is phony. And I, I'm going to live with it because I'm tired of seeing three-and-a-half-hour games. And so you, if you're going to cut 38 minutes or whatever the official time is off these games when we get to the major league level – I'll live with it, Tom, but it's phony. More than one thing can be true. Yes, more than one thing can be true. It is totally artificial, and it's also a clear plus. And because it's a clear plus, I am for it 100%. I believe that the two most exciting plays in a baseball game are a stolen base or, when it happens, a throw from right field to third on a triple. Some people will say a grand slam is more exciting, but they're rare, and I actually don't think so. I love it, honestly, when the catcher throws a guy out at second. And I love it even more, and I applaud if he picks somebody off at first. I mean, I really like that. So I am totally for this, the the ability to run down to second base and to bait the pitcher into committing too much. What, what What made Dean Smith a great coach, one of the things was he understood the rules and he understood how to go to the edge of the rules and make them work for him. So a really good runner who'll entice a pitcher to throw over quickly twice, then he's off and he's going. And and to me, that's really exciting. I mean, to me, the stolen base is great and the pitch clock is great. I don't have the objection you have. Yeah, but Tony, Tony, I I think they're both wins. I agree with you about those two outcomes, but I don't like the inability to throw over when I see Lou Brock cheating off of first because I know he's going to get to second base. I want to be able to throw over a third time or a fourth time. But if you do that, if you do that, then it stops the pitch clock. I know, you don't stop the clock. So if you don't have the rule, you you have longer baseball. It's like no gas, no squeegee. There's a cost. That's how it goes. There's a cost. Let's take a break. Coming up, the Lightning and the Avalanche play for the Stanley Cup starting tonight. Which team should be considered the favorite? We will ask Mark Messier. And Miles Michaelis gets within one foot of a no-hitter. You're not going to ask me to, like, feel something for a Cardinal. You're not going to ask me that, are you? Cardinal. Do you know that more people are getting thrown out after the two step-offs than before? Because the catcher's not... Pardon the interruption is presented by Corona Extra. Find the fine life. Live La Vida Maspina. Part of Happy Hour. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. 
two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. PTI fans, listen up. Have you heard you can listen to episodes of this very show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership? That's right. All your favorite PTI episodes can be heard on Amazon Music ad-free. But that's not all. You can listen to other top podcasts like The Low Post and First Take ad-free as well. They also have your favorite shows like The Daily, Part of My Take, and Up First, all without ads. You know what this means. Uninterrupted listening, so no more cliffhangers. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts, so we know they definitely have something for you. And it's already included in your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to Amazon.com slash PTI. That's Amazon.com slash PTI to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Welcome back to Pardon the Interruption, presented by Corona Extra, part of Happy Hour. Wilbon and I were starstruck while interviewing our guest last week, so we're making him do it again. Here to help us preview tonight's Stanley Cup final opener is Hall of Famer, fellow bald man Mark Messier, who told me to be loud. It's easy for me to be loud. Here we go. The Avalanche finished the regular season with a better record and more points than Tampa Bay, and they have home ice. So should we consider them favorites over Tampa Bay? <laughs> Great question. Uh, they definitely were the best team during the regular season. The point totals uh, showed that uh, dynamic uh, uh, team, uh, highly offensive team, but uh, hard to say they're going to be the favorites when you're up against the two-time Stanley Cup champions there. So uh, they're a great team. They're up against a uh, team that knows how to win. It's going to be a fascinating series. Uh, people in general, as you know, Mark, are always fascinated by offense. The Avalanche has averaged 4.64 goals per game in the playoffs. I hate numbers, but that's a significant one. But would you rather have great offense going into the Stanley Cup final or great goaltending? I can't have both, so I guess I'm going to go with defense. Uh, I played on the, one of the more highly, most highly offensive teams in the history of the NHL there, and we knew we had to play defense in order to win Stanley Cups. So uh, if I had to pick one or the other, I would have to pick defense. Wow, okay. It, so, and I'll spread this out. It doesn't have to be a goaltender for the answer to this question. But of all the players on these two teams, who stands out and impresses you the most? Well, I mean, it's, we've all talked about Stamkos and Kucherov and McKinnon and Makar and all the great talent on either side. But the guy that I think has got the conversation going with everybody around the hockey world is Vasilevsky. What he's been able to do, his numbers that he's producing uh, in uh, clinching games, uh, his size of him, the strength, the quickness, uh, the focus, uh, just an incredible uh, goaltender that uh, is one of the big reasons why Tampa has won two straight Stanley Cups and are on the verge of uh, perhaps winning their third. Mark, you have faced great goaltending in your life on those high-scoring Edmonton teams and 
with the Rangers. But when you get a guy like Vasilevsky, if you're looking at this from the Avalanche point of view, what is it you need to do to get him off his mark, to shake him, to rattle him just a little bit starting tonight? Well, the way the goaltenders are nowadays, any pucks that they see from inside the blue line, they're pretty much guaranteed to stop it. As you've seen in the playoffs, the goals that are going in are from deflections, from screens, a lot of bodies in front, seeing eye pucks from the point, uh, being deflected by either their own players or by uh, indirect uh, 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 deflections from uh, the opposing team. So uh, if if the goalie can't see the puck, obviously he's going to have a hard time stopping it. So for me, I think the... on for Vasilevsky, it's going to be important for Colorado to get in front of him, obviously. It's no secret. Everybody in the league's doing the same thing because uh, he's just an incredible talent, and he's so big. Even on the screens, when he gets down in his butterfly, he takes up so much of the net. So, uh, but, but Colorado, in order to solve them, they're going to have to really get in front of him and take his eyes away. It's very disappointing to me. You agree with Will Bond. Will Bond thinks Tampa Bay should be favored. You think Tampa Bay should be favored. I think Colorado walks in here having been a great team in a regular season and a great team in the playoffs, but I'll leave that be, and I'll ask this question, and it's also about goaltending, but from your point of view as a player on the ice, because we know it's important at this stage. That's why you're talking about Vasilevsky, because we're in the final now. When you were playing in Stanley Cup finals in those games, did you talk to your goalie did you have a, something you said to your goalie, or did you step back and say, I just hope he's hot. I'm leaving him alone. <laughs> yeah. Well, we were pretty lucky with uh, starting with Grant Fuhrer and Andy Moog. They were really easygoing guys, and Bill, Billy Ranford uh, wasn't too superstitious, and, of course, Mike Richter. Uh, but I know some goalies are very superstitious, don't like anybody talking to them the day of the game. But uh, from my experience anyways, uh, uh, our goaltenders and the cup teams that I was on uh, were just like one of the guys during the during the game or during the pregame uh, rituals. And uh, once a game started there, they're obviously very focused, locked in. But uh, we'll have to wait and see. I'm not sure what Vasilevsky or Kemper are like uh, on the on the days off and certainly on game day. But uh, I guess we'll find that out in the, during the series. Wilbon, did you hear that on his cup teams? There were only cup six teams. of them. Yeah, that, well, only which, six. Which of those That's cup all, teams and which cities? My goodness. <laughs> Thank you, thank Mark. You, Mark. Thank Appreciate you, thank it. You. Hey, always great to be on with you guys. Let's take one last break. Still to come, did the positioning of center fielder Harrison Bader cost Miles Michaelis a no-hitter? And will the Bravos make it 14 in a row tonight? The Braves. Sure they will. They're playing Normally, the Nets. I root against the They're Braves. They're playing the Nets. But anybody who They're can catch the Mets. the Mets and drag them down Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code PTI. That's code PTI. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Pardon the interruption is presented by Corona Extra. Find the fine life. Live la vida más fina. Part of happy hour. Happy time, people. Happy 29th birthday, Cooper Cup. The Rams wide receiver had a spectacular season in 2021. Cup was Offensive Player of the Year. He led the NFL in touchdown catches with 16, in overall catches with 145, in receiving yards with 1,947. And to top that off, Cup was named MVP of the Super Bowl for his eight catches, 92 yards, and two touchdowns. Cup was a third-round draft pick out of Eastern Washington in 2017 where he won the Walter Payton Award as the outstanding 1AA offensive player. In five NFL seasons, he's got 433 catches and 40 touchdowns, which is why the Rams just gave him a three-year $80 million contract with $75 million guaranteed, most ever for a wide receiver. You know, Tony, if John Unitas gets drafted in the 100th round, Tom Brady gets drafted in whatever, the 5th or 6th round, and Cooper Cup goes in the 3rd, why the hell do I need to pay attention to mock first-round draft things, projections. Why? Cooper Cup, go to sleep for two rounds and get Cooper Cup, please. Happy anniversary, Tim Duncan. On this day 19 years ago, Duncan put up 21 points, 20 rebounds, 10 assists, and 8 blocks in Game 6 of the NBA Finals to lead the Spurs over the Nets for their second of four championships in nine seasons. Duncan finished with five rings, two league MVPs, three final MVPs. One of the greatest players of all time. On a personal note, I think the emphasis on choosing all-time top five or all-time top ten players is stupid. Steph Curry's the greatest shooter of all time. Bill Russell's the greatest winner of all time. Why are we assigning arbitrary numbers? You want a power forward and Duncan is available, you're going to grab him. Yeah, Tony, you are. I mean, really, he's atop that list, isn't he, if you do power forwards? In the past, for years, I thought it was Kevin McHale. And then Carl Malone, though he didn't win. And there were a group of guys, my man, our friend, Charles Barkley, they're in the top of that pyramid, but it's Tim Duncan. Although I, you know, with You're Tim Duncan the list, center, really. Don't make the well, list. Yeah, you got to have a discussion. Have the trails to a no-hitter from Miles Michaelis. The Cardinals' right-hander, one strike away from no-hitting Pittsburgh last night. But on Michaelis' 129th pitch, the Pirates' Cal Mitchell hit a ball over the head of gold glove center fielder Harrison Bader that <laughs> landed on the warning track, bounced over the wall for a ground rule double. Cardinals had their outfield in to guard against a cheap bloop single landing in front of them. Some may second-guess St. Louis manager Ali Marmol for not playing the outfield straight away, but not Michaelis, who said, quote, if Bader can't get it, nobody can. You know, I'm wondering, by the way, I'm not second-guessing him either, but, you know, does somebody, Paul Blair, Amos Otis, Ken Griffey Jr., Fred Lynn, anybody get to that? I don't know. Go to the big finish yep. quickly. Fernando Tatis Jr.'s wrist. Still hasn't healed enough for him to swing a bat. Is that cause for concern? Broken in mid-March. We're in mid-June. Maybe at least a little concerned. Vegas Golden Knights hired recently fired Bruins head coach Bruce Cassidy. That's a damn good fit, isn't it? He's a great coach. He gets yes. to the playoffs every single year. Yes. U.S. men's soccer tied El Salvador 1-1. to Is that significant? No. The Steelers agreed to an extension with safety Minka Fitzpatrick. 
36 mil guarantee. Does that make sense? He's really good, okay? They're going to need some offense. They have a new quarterback issue. But without defense, they can't be in the games. Last one. The Braves go for their 14th straight win and a sweep of my Nats tonight. I like their chances. Do you? Yeah, I'm not rooting against your Nats. But to me, it's not even Braves versus Nats. It's Braves versus Mets. Go Braves. Don't forget about the Phillies, Mike. We're I out know. of time. You're We're trying to do better the next time. And I'm Tony Kornheiser. Touch your vision at the top. I'm Mike Wilbon. Same time tomorrow, Knuckleheads. You can get the PTI podcast on the ESPN app or Apple podcast. And now... Let's welcome Reed Kornheiser to the world at about 4 o'clock this afternoon. How about that? Let's welcome him. Here we go.